Manimal here. It's Friday, August 25th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, we've got a little bit of unfortunate professional wrestling news. We've got uh, some uh, Otani news. We've got uh, some retirement news. We've got some Rangers news. We've got a box score from last night, and we're going to preview the rest of the weekend in Minnesota. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kevin, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. You can catch me on social media at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. You can also catch Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TX Rangers WTB. And don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. And joining me, my son today, the 25-pound manimal, and also joining the 300-pound manimal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy, and where can they find you on socials? I'm, I'm doing pretty good last night. Uh, you know what you know what this weekend is, right? It's the uh, the start of football season. Ooh, it, so, is, it is here. Uh, last night, the, the bull man and I, we made it out to our first football game of the season. It was uh, honestly not bad. We made it down to Mansfield to check out Timberview and South Grand Prairie. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly who won, but when we left... Um, Mansfield Timberview was up 36 to nothing. Oh, so, uh, right the, there by the, my job. The Warriors of Grand Fra- South Grand Prairie were were at a disadvantage last night for sure. Um, but but anyways, uh, doing pretty good. Uh, got to another one tonight. We're going to go see DeSoto and Allen. Oh, so uh, oh, I'm neglecting good. baseball a tad bit this weekend, but that'll be okay. Um, there isn't a whole lot good to watch. Go, <laughs> but, but you know we got we got the Bally's app going in front of us, and when we're watching at the ba- at the football games, of people looking at us funny, but or they might just be watching the Ranger game with us. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but uh, anyway, I'm doing good. Let everybody know: Twitter, Manimal Bull, Instagram, Manimal three hundred, and on Facebook and TikTok, Bull Pro. Whatever your favorite platform of social media is, let's do the thing. Let's talk Ranger baseball. Absolutely. Um, well, we have a, a little bit of an interesting show today. I mean, should be by our normal format, but if it, if it flies off format a little bit, it's just because, you know, we're, we're much like you, most likely uh, a little bit disgruntled, a little bit in disarray, maybe hand a little closer to that panic button than it should be. But uh, we have a lot of good reasons why we shouldn't be hitting that panic button. And we'll get to that in a second. But uh, let's hop around the league real quick. Steven Strasburg. Well, first, real quick, before oh. we say anything, oh. I just want to say uh, um, yesterday in the professional wrestling world, uh, we lost another another guy. And, man, I mean, that's two, two this week. And they always say they come in threes. And it seems like in wrestling they come in threes real fast. And. Uh, we lost Bray Wyatt, who his uh, third generation professional wrestler uh, was his his grandfather was was uh, Blackjack Mulligan. His dad was Mike Rotunda. Uh, his uh, his uncle was Barry Windham, and his uh, brother is also a wrestler. I can't think of his name off the top. Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas, that's correct. But uh, Bray Wyatt was a very interesting young fellow. 
and uh, he always he always had something interesting for the for the watchers of the TV show, for sure. Hmm. Well, interestingly enough, that is actually news to me, and so you kind of hit me with a stunner right here, uh, and we'll take it off air to talk a little bit about uh, what happened with Bray Wyatt, but. Absolutely terrible to hear that. And, uh, you know, you hate losing um, losing a guy that young, man. Yeah, right. yeah, 30, 35 career. years old, man. Yeah, time with his career. Jeez. That's well, uh, okay, well, let's move on as hard as that's going to be. Um, around the league, Steven Strasburg uh, calling it a career, a heck of a pitcher. I think he lived up to his to the hype. I, I know he was the next big thing for the longest time, and he struggled really hard to get healthy and get on the field. But uh, when he was out there, man, he was as good as anybody, and he, he got him a ring for it. Yeah, he was he was a really good pitcher for a lot of years. And, I, uh, you know, I think those injuries just at some point when they get you, they just they aren't worth continuing to just continue and continue to rehab. And I think the, this time Strasburg was just, you know, hey, I, I'm, it's, it's been two years now since he's pitched. Maybe he's come to peace with it. And, you know, but tremendous career. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, a handful more years of healthy Steven Strasburg and the guy could have probably been a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher. Absolutely. He had the stuff, man. Like, he, he had, like, I mean – if you go over his um, career statistics, I mean, career 324 or run average, 100, 100 wins, uh, 113 wins over 13 years. I mean, 1,400 innings pitched with 1,700 strikeouts. Uh, just honestly, just a great pitcher. And, and uh, a guy surprisingly never won a Cy Young Award, but won a strikeout title. Uh, I would probably say he would say he, he would say that his – Biggest accomplishment as a pro had to be in 2019 when he won 18 games and led the league in innings pitched. And given the fact that he struggles so much with health At throughout 19, his career, 19, yeah. they also won a, a world championship that year, too. Absolutely. Right. So, everything to me, that was probably kind of the pinnacle of his career. And, and what a way to kind of go out because that was pretty much it for him. So, uh, you know, best wishes to Steven Strasburg in the next uh, segment of his career. Let's get into this uh, AL West a little bit uh, before we get into one of our hot topics for the day. Um, man, Astros get blown out. Uh, Rangers really get a little bit of luck. Uh, have a really rough loss today, but or yesterday, but the, the Astros get blown out by the White Sox and the Rangers still lead the West uh, by a game over Seattle and Houston. So, here we are again, man. We we could go into the well, week. Yeah, I mean, well, we're gonna go in. We're gonna go into the weekend set uh, or Friday for sure today. Mm -hmm. um, up a game, uh, another just I don't know how else to say. It, just heartbreaking loss last night for the Rangers staff and and uh, you know they. We'll talk about it in a minute, but. Yeah. You know, luckily for them, uh, you know, I've been waiting for J.P. France to get blown up at some point uh, on the Astros. I mean, the dude, he's one of those guys where he's been, you know, at a 2-6 two, two ERA and just, I mean, 
there's nothing really just tremendous about his stuff. And, mm-hmm. and today was that day that, uh, that he just kind of got blown up and gave up 10 runs, 10 earned runs, 11 runs over uh, inning and two thirds. So um, it's not no. very good today. And it was kind of fun to watch, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll digress. I, I well, also watching a couple of uh, Astros games this week, like, there's nothing like like on their broadcast. Like literally every highlight of theirs is like some guy hitting it like two rows into the like the baby stands in left field. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, let's let's jump into one of our hot topics of the day. Uh, just I'm stoked as I can possibly be that we're still in first place after this really rough stretch of games. But um, let's talk about uh, Shohei Otani. And Mike Trout. And, and it's like, well, we're in Rangers news. Why are we talking about these guys? Well, because the Rangers are obviously a team committed to winning. I don't think they're done uh, next year. I don't think you're going to see them pull a Seattle and just stay out of the free agency next year. I, I think they're going to continue to try to add pieces to continue this this run with this great team that they've already built. And with Otani uh, being shut down for the year, Trout uh, – probably being shut down for the year and the angels in a really bad spot. It's, it's really possible that both of these guys might be interested next year. And I just felt like we should gauge the interest here uh, on both of these guys. I guess my first question is obviously like, what do we think we were talking off air? And I think it's better on air that we talk like, what's Otani going to get? I mean, the, the worst timing possible for an injury like this, but at the same time, you know, in a in a day and age where we see athletes that we know are going to sit out for almost an entire year in the NFL get guaranteed two hundred and fifty million dollars at quarterback, uh, I still well, think one advantage, a big payday, man. Well, one advantage that he has over most everyone else is that at some point early in the season next year he'll probably be able to hit. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that he has kind of an advantage over any other pitcher that would be uh, going into the off season, a free agent getting Tommy John surgery. So he's got that on his side that he can use as a bargaining chip is that he's going to be able to hit for you most of the season next year. And I mean, it depends on what they decide to do with him. Uh, if they decide to, if they decide to not let him hit as well uh, and go ahead and have the surgery a- as soon as possible, uh, I, you know, he could be back and hitting by, you know, the first of the season next year. Uh, if they don't and it ends up happening after the season, it'll probably be sometime at the end of May or a little later, uh, depending. Kind of similar to how Bryce Harper, who had it after the World Series last year. So, uh, you know, it'll probably still be a, a month earlier than that. So he'll probably hit sometime in April. I think that the contract could be like uh, we were talking about off the air, like shorter. You know, I don't I think it'll be like twelve or or twelve, ten or twelve years. I think it more maybe like four to six years. Hmm. I, I'm I'm I like I was saying this morning. I think we're looking at more like something like what Aaron Rodgers got. Uh, and I know this is not football, but this guy's already we've already been talking about fifty million dollars with this guy. And Aaron Rodgers got like a three-year, $150 million contract. I could see it being somewhere around like three, four years, uh, mega mega money, probably mega guarantees. 
but just less length on that contract because of the uncertainty of his health. And I just, I personally, I don't think this guy's going to pitch much longer. I, I just don't see, this is twice now. And I just don't see the two-way thing lasting much longer. And I think hitting for sure, he's a lot safer as a hitter. He's a lot more uh, stable. And I just, I think he's going to end up uh, pitching kind of very much, very much like Babe Ruth. I think pitching is probably going to be something that eventually will be in his past and, and he'll become just a, a straight hitter. And I, I, but I still think even if he doesn't pitch as much or, or at all um, or, or however his pitching part works out, I think his star caliber um, and his ability to be the best, probably best power hitter in baseball, I think basically he's still going to get a big contract. And I think the bidding's going to start at about 40, 44, $45 million a year. Well, and I don't know if that's, I don't know. I really, I, I have no idea if that's going to be the case or not. And the, the real question I have is if he doesn't pitch, if he isn't going to be a pitcher anymore, does he move to the outfield? Do you put him in right field so you get as much out of him as possible? Because I mean, as far as everything I've ever heard is he was a good outfielder when he was in Japan and when he played right field that he had a cannon out there and that he, I mean, we've seen him, I mean, he gets, he moves really well. He's a lot, he's deceptively faster than, you know, you think he is for sure. He, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and he has a big giant arm. So do you, if you're signing him and you, with the idea that you're not going to have him pitch, do you, do you sign him with the idea that he's going to play right field? Well, so, okay, so here's my thoughts. I think, first of all, you sign him with the intent that he's going to pitch. And right, he, of course. Yeah, if he can't, he can't. But but within the back of your mind, knowing that he might not be able to pitch for the long term. When it comes to in the field, if pitching isn't going to work because the arm is a risk, I don't think playing him in the outfield is, a, is the best idea. I think he might be a great first baseman because he's not having to make a lot of throws. Uh, and it's just a safer spot. And, and again, whatever team signs him, they're going to want to protect their investment, man. They're not going to want to risk him getting hurt with if he can't pitch because of the arm, then he then throwing in the outfield probably is a risk too. And we've talked about this a lot with players like like Mike Trout or like Ken Griffey Jr., where you go, hey, you can you can lengthen your career by by reducing your amount of risk for injury. And guys that don't do that are the guys that seem to keep getting hurt late in their career. And the guys that figure out, hey, maybe I need to maybe I need to move around a little bit to keep myself on the field. Uh, guys find a way to stay in the league a little longer. I, I wouldn't be mad if he stayed in as a DH just because I think it again, he, you're going to get so much value out of this guy, not just on the field, but star caliber, dude. I mean, he's a he's a draw. He's a guy that puts butts in seats. He brings legitimacy uh, to to wherever he goes, and in a, in, a, in on the 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 big markets, he's just going to be one of those guys that you know is going to still hit those five hundred foot homers, even if he's not out there striking guys out. I, I don't think Shohei Otani's star power is going to change whether he's a two way player or not. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, I uh, I I don't know that uh, as a DH, I, I would probably want him playing somewhere on the field if I'm paying yeah. him a bunch of money. But, uh, you know, I mean, like, let's move on real quick to, to Mike Trout. 
Right, because I think that I brought he's him interesting. Up. I think he's actually more interesting to me as a Rangers fan than Otani because, like you said off air, I'm quoting you, you could buy low on Trout right now. Yeah, yeah. Trout is – I mean, he's got to be at an all-time low level, right, because he's, he's owed a lot of money. He hasn't played a whole lot in the last couple of years, but he also – you know, he's still Mike Trout. Right. And if you can buy low on Mike Trout in a situation where the Angels, if they're going to deal Mike Trout, are in complete 100% rebuild mode. Sure. So you got to like think, like, is that a move where the Rangers would be interested in doing that? Move Mike Trout off of center field into left field and give him an opportunity to play every day until you're ready to move him into like a DH role. Right. And, and I think with Mike Trout, if you're buying, if you can buy low on him, honestly, it doesn't matter if he plays in the field or not. You're not buying Mike Trout for his awesome fielding skills, man. You want the bat in the lineup. So whatever it takes to keep this guy healthy so that you can get that bat in your three, four, five hole, like two, two through five, one through five, really wherever, I think it's worth it. I, I think it would be a great move. I don't think he's done. I think the guy has a lot of pride, and I think he wants to be a Hall of Famer. And I think he's too much on the cusp right now. Uh, he needs to go, get out there and have three, four more really good seasons. And I think he knows he's got to be healthy to do that. And I, I don't. he just doesn't seem like the type of guy that's super prideful. He seems like, you know, he just doesn't seem like the guy that would mind making an adjustment and he's probably ready to get out of L.A. It's it's and, it's a and rough I mean, I think we all kind of like, I mean, we all kind of know that like careers go differently in the second half in Los Angeles than they do in other places. Yeah, they do. I don't know why. I don't have an answer for you on why that happens, but it does happen. Yep, it does. It does. Um, well, let's talk about some. I know somebody whose career who's in the second half of his career, but on October 6th, He's going to be uh, in a cage, and that's Mr. Brent McKenzie. And uh, he's going to be taking on Big Damo, who's about as hot as anybody in Texas right now as far as wrestling goes. Well, you know, I got to say, as a guy that I met Damo about a year and a half ago, and he came to me because he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't getting what he wanted out of the professional wrestling business. And, what I told him more than anything else was become something bigger than pro wrestling. And to see him do that and to see him lead Matt War Pro into this big the big show at Ridgely and him him carrying the promotion right now, I think it's a really it's a, a quite the quite the testimony to what he's done in this last year. So I just wanna I wanna say like win, lose or draw in this cage match against Brent McKenzie. Damo McCullough has come a long ways in a year, and uh, there's no doubt that he's going to continue leading this thing into the future. And uh, I, I, I'm proud of the way that he's become a, a celebrity around town, and I really I'm, I'm digging it. And uh, you know, Brent McKenzie, he's going to be in for a long night, but uh, you know, in a cage match, anything can happen. We're all excited about it. October sixth is the first ever. Cowtown cage match and Brent McKenzie, Damo McCullough. Don't forget also Brick Savage versus Franco mm-hmm. D'Angelo, two of just the biggest raw power guys in the state of Texas, in the country. 
Because right. I don't know if there's a wrestler in the business stronger than Brick Savage. No, there isn't. There's not, not even close, right? No, like, it's not like, even close. Brick Savage, close. I saw a video of him. He he combined 2,200 pounds at a powerlifting meet, dude. He had over 500, I think it was like almost 600-pound bench press, 900-pound deadlift, and a 900-pound squat. And I know I'm under – I am not. I don't want to exaggerate, so I'm legitimately under – uh, estimating like how much the weight actually was, it was. And yeah, it's insane. out there. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's all no, on. Yeah, YouTube. but the guy's a heck of an athlete. And he's got a great attitude. Yeah, he. You know, he. That's all out there on YouTube. You can look it up if you look up. If you look up power lifter Rob Hall, you'll find Brick Brick Savage, and he'll be putting up real weight. I saw the guy do over uh, over a hundred reps of 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 five hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean Crazy. it was just insane. Like. The yeah. other dude like gave up and Brick did like 15 more just to like throw it in his face that he wasn't done yet. You know, like man's a man's a beast. So, you know, October 6th, we got the commercial going in a different direction. So we'll, we'll wrap her up real quick. October 6th, the Ridgely Theater, just west of downtown Fort Worth, Camp Bowie Boulevard and Interstate Highway 30, just just right over there by where Kev grew up. You, you, you can see his house from the yeah. balcony. Yes. But anyways, October 6th, the first ever Cowtown Cage match, Matt War Pro till the end. Don't forget that that uh, that uh, Kelly's Onion Burgers, Big Dog's Hot Dogs, Starry's Ice Cream, Martin House Brewing, they'll all be in the house. So join us for it for it. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, the docuseries starts, the documentary the documentary about the last full year of Matt War Pro or the first full year of Matt War Pro. So get there at seven for the documentary. The show starts at eight and the cage match will be on somewhere around 10 o'clock. So join us for Matt War Pro till the end. Awesome. Awesome. Really excited. And we'll all be out there. The, the 25 pound manable will be out there as well. Well, let's talk about the Rangers um, game against Minnesota. Looked really promising early, um, but I think this game comes down to uh, really comes down to something that that we really experienced with this team early on, and that was, hey, they got out to a good lead, but if they don't score run runs late, this bullpen has not shown the capacity right now to hold a lead, and you know uh, you had your one through three guys coming up there in the in the top of the ninth with Simeon Seeger low and then obviously Garcia would have been after that you know that that's 400 million dollars plus uh that you've paid those guys to 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 be in those spots to make something happen uh and Will Smith I think we do need to hit the panic button on him because I I don't think he's he I don't think he's major league ready right now well yeah I was almost kind of surprised today that I didn't see Will Smith go on the DL I really kind of thought that he might hit the DL today. I I don't think I think there might be something wrong with him. Uh, on a day where they got to Pablo Lopez, who we had talked yesterday about how good Pablo Lopez had been, um, they got shut down by uh, Josh Winder, and you know that's just something a, a guy that you're talking has a four and a, four almost a five ERA gives up a hit and a half an inning. And, you know, the, uh, nothing special about his numbers to say he this is a guy that should shut you down for three innings, especially when he walks a couple of guys. You know, there's got to be more contact in the sec- in the in the second half of the game. I mean, they yep. scored they scored 
all five of their runs in the, in the first four innings of the game. And there was just never really anything that made it look like they were going to get back, you know, score, score runs late in the game. And, and, you know, the, the pitching was okay. There wasn't anything special about the pitching. I thought Heaney was okay. Not good. He had some strikeouts. He didn't walk, but just the one batter. They only had the two walks on the day, but, uh, you know, gave up a lot of ticky tack hits and, and, and then the home run ball, the home run ball killed him, you know, all like three solo shots, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not the end of the world, but you know, in the, in the four and a third that you give, you know, try not to give up three home runs. And then Stratton gave up a home run. Spores wasn't very good at all. And then, like you said, with Will Smith, Will Smith came in, he made a really good pitch and got mm-hmm. the, the double play ball there. And then uh, the next pitch he threw was just, I mean, every bit of, I mean, just spun I in the scored. middle of the plate. Yeah, I mean, I spun scored. in the middle of the plate. Yeah, and it just like got Like Wyatt Langford could have hit that thing out when he was a senior. Like, yeah, yeah, probably like, even, even before he developed. Yeah, uh, Jose LeClerc was really good. So good on him. Yeah, um, that was really good to know. Good to see. Yeah, uh, he may get some more. Uh, he may get another another chance to um, pitch later in games here coming up. And uh, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with Will Smith, but they're going to probably have to give somebody else those opportunities at this point because he just he isn't getting the job done. And I mean, you could tell how bad he's been in the last month. And him to still ha- only have like a 4.27 ERA. I mean, it shows how good he was for a long time. But there's something going on right now, and uh, you know he's not he's not the guy that he was uh, May and June and even into July. Um, the, the Rangers bats came to life. They had ten hits. They scored five runs. Uh, you know things looked pretty good, and you, you thought that. You know, the, they didn't strike out as much as I thought they would with Pablo Lopez because, you know, he's a big strikeout pitcher. I thought that he would, um, you know, have a little bit more success, but he only had the four strikeouts. And like I said, it was Winder that really gave him fits, and they didn't do enough against him to 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 win this ball game. really, honestly. I mean, uh, that, that's really kind of what I took away from it. All their hits were in those first couple of innings, and, you know, Seager got him another one today, and uh, Ooh, Simeon had him one in the first inning to start the game off, and and you're thinking, okay, yeah, everything's working out all right, and they got a big two out hit from uh, Jankowski, who's back hitting the ball again, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's played through his slump a little bit. Now you've got some other guys that need to play through theirs. Uh, Leody Tavares, another extra base hit today. Um, yeah, he, he looks like he's kind of coming, coming coming out of it a little bit, right? I mean, uh, you know, so now now you got to get uh, Heim to come around or, or make a decision on whether he should be playing at all, especially with Huff. I mean, Huff is hitting and hitting, you know, extremely well at the minor league level right now. So you've got to make a decision on that as – is what he doing? Is what he's doing behind the plate enough to justify him being O for his last what fourteen now, something like that? Yeah. So you know, I mean, Zeke Duran seems like he's starting to come around a little bit more too, and then Garcia and Lowe are kind of constant, but you you want to see them, you know, maybe a little bit more power from those guys. But it was starting to come around a little bit. You want to see those guys start coming through in clutch situations that they just haven't done just yet. But, um, you know, you just got to keep playing through it. I mean, there's no other, like the the games are going to come tomorrow, whether you win them or lose them, you got to keep playing them. And 
you know, they get paid a lot of money to play baseball. And, you know, I mean, uh, there's as much frustration in that locker room as there is on, uh, on every Rangers. <laughs> on Texas Rangers with they, the boys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every Rangers fan is frustrated, but every Texas Ranger is frustrated too. And, and you know, like, I mean, again, they're not playing bad baseball. They're just getting beaten situations sometimes. And, 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 and again, We've said it all year, and we talked about it from the very get-go that the bullpen, you know, I mean, even when we were in the offseason, what are they going to do about the bullpen? I know they've got LeClerc. I know they've got Burke. I know they've got Hernandez. I mean, the, Hernandez may get another chance. He's, he's, I mean, he's getting outs in, in AAA. He isn't missing a whole bunch of bats, and his velocity might be a little down, but maybe he's deciding that he can get more with 90%. You never know. Uh, so, We'll just kind of see that, but they're, they've got arms in AAA. We've talked about them before. It's just who's going to step up and get the outs that these guys need to, to keep going. Yeah, I, th- I think we owe ourselves and we owe our, our listeners uh, maybe just another crack at uh, maybe another yet another bullpen episode just to see what, you know, just to talk about maybe what is what the Rangers options might actually be. Um, because I think they're, they, we just right now, like, like I said, like it's, it's gotta come from somewhere cause it just can't go on like this. So, um, and, and maybe we, you know, owe these guys, a, another down on the farm with well, them. Down yeah, the farm and, and, and if, uh, if it's going to come from the minor leagues, you know, that me and you have talked about it at some point, talked about those guys at some point. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you want to know more about our minor league system here with the Texas Rangers, you should subscribe to our uh, exclusive content. It's called Down on the Farm with the Boys. Those these episodes are timeless because we cover guys that not it's not a it's not a, a new show. It's more of a, a, a of a scout type show where we cover uh, transactions, send ups, call downs, rumors, highlights. We rank uh, players. We in the farm system. We tell you who to keep an eye out for this year. Who to keep an eye out for over the next few years. Just $1.99 a month, you can make our podcast your one-stop shop for all things Rangers organization-wide. So go to our Spotify page or our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com, and subscribe today. Uh, so it's not going to get any easier. Um, no, not tonight for sure. Or, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, Sonny Gray going for the Twins, and he's been really good this year. Uh but, you know, the Rangers counter with Dane Dunning, who also has been pretty good this year. And, I mean, I would say him and Gray are pretty similar as far as their years have been, um, outside of the fact that Dunning started his in the bullpen. But their their starts, are, they're comparable. And they, uh, you know, they've had equal – they both had some success this year. And that's a um, – back to a 7-10 start tomorrow night. Uh, no national TV. So, back to a 7-10 start. Um, and on Saturday – uh, uh, evening, it's a, a Fox broadcast All for, right. for this game right here. And I have a feeling for the Twins that to be determined is probably going to be Joe Ryan. Okay. Who, who uh, who's coming back off of the DL. He made a rehab start in, um, for, for their AAA team. I want to say it's St. Paul. But, uh, but he made a AAA rehab start. Uh, pitched pretty well, so I imagine that Joe Ryan will be coming off the DL on Saturday, and then he'll be opposed by Max Scherzer. I don't really need to tell you that much about Max Scherzer, because you know he's he's pretty good at the baseball stuff. Yeah, Joe Ryan, not to be confused with the uh, man of infamy, Joey Ryan. 
Um, no, no, and we would we probably don't even need to you know bring up Joey Ryan at all on a, <laughs> on uh, a at all. <laughs> but, uh, we we move on. So thanks and, everybody for tuning in. And Sunday, uh, real quick, Sunday yeah. oh, before sorry. we get out of here. Sunday, a one ten start time. Um, Jordan Montgomery going for the Rangers, and uh, he will be opposed by Bailey Ober, a 6'9", 260-pound right-hander for the uh, the Minnesota Twins. So uh, interesting anytime you've got a six foot nine right-hander on the hill. But uh, anyways, uh, Rangers got to win some ball games here. It doesn't get any easier. They're head to flushing afterwards. So uh, can't get beat by the Mets, you know. Oh, man. Well, that will be an interesting one to talk about uh on monday so thanks everybody for tuning in we are getting out of here uh don't forget to check us out on social media tx rangers wtb don't forget to subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys uh check that out on our website texas rangers with the boys.com hey and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform spotify apple amazon music google you name it we're on there so thanks everybody for tuning in you guys have a good weekend let's hope we come back but we are still in first place Uh, the next time you hear from us. But for now and for the weekend, this is Texas Rangers with the boys signing out.